This audio is presented by Hacker Noon, where anyone can learn anything about any technology. A 2023 survey on smart contract security for Solidity by Rare Skills. A list of Solidity vulnerabilities. This article serves as a mini course on smart contract security and provides an extensive list of the issues and vulnerabilities that tend to recur in Solidity smart contracts. These are the sort of issues that may come up in a quality audit. A security issue in Solidity boils down to smart contracts not behaving the way they were intended to. This can fall into four broad categories. Funds getting stolen. Funds getting locked up or frozen inside a contract. People receive less rewards than anticipated. Rewards are delayed or reduced. People receive more rewards than anticipated, leading to inflation and devaluation. It isn't possible to make a comprehensive list of everything that can go wrong. However, just as traditional software engineering has common themes of vulnerabilities such as SQL injection, buffer overruns, and cross-site scripting, smart contracts have recurring anti-patterns that can be documented. Think of this guide as more of a reference. It isn't possible to discuss everything concept in detail without turning this into a book. Fair warning. This article is 10k plus words long, so feel free to bookmark it and read it in chunks. However, it serves as a list of what to look out for and what to study. If a topic feels unfamiliar, that should serve as an indicator that it is worth putting time into practicing identifying that class of vulnerability. Prerequisites. This article assumes basic proficiency in solidity. If you are new to solidity, please see our free Solidity tutorial. Reentrancy. We've written extensively on smart contract reentrancy so we won't repeat I there. But here is a quick summary. Whenever a smart contract calls the function of another smart contract, sends Ether to it, or transfers a token to it, then there is a possibility of reentrancy. When Ether is transferred, the receiving contract's fallback or receive function is called. This hands control over to the receiver. Dot. Some token protocols alert the receiving smart contract that they have received the token by calling a predetermined function. This hands the control flow over to that function. Dot. When an attacking contract receives control, it doesn't have to call the same function that handed over control. It could call a different function in the victim smart contract, cross-function reentrancy, or even a different contract, cross-contract reentrancy. Read-only reentrancy happens when a view function is accessed while the contract is in an intermediate state. Dot. Despite reentrancy likely being the most well-known smart contract vulnerability, it only makes up a small percentage of hacks that happen in the wild. Security researcher Pascal Caversaccio, PC Averaccio, keeps an up-to-date-digit hub list of reentrancy attacks. As of April 2023, 46 reentrancy attacks have been documented in that repository. Access control it seems like a simple mistake, but forgetting to place restrictions on who can call a sensitive function, like withdrawing Ether or changing ownership, happens surprising ly often. Even if a modifier is in place, there have been cases where the modifier was not implemented correctly, such as in the example below where the require statement is missing. This above code is a real example from this audit, https colon slash slash code for rena com reports 2023-01 rabbit hole hash h-01 bad implementation in minter access control for rabbit hole receipt and rabbit hole tickets contracts here as another way access control can go wrong in this case already claimed is never set to true so the claimant can issue call the function multiple times real life example trader bot EXPLOITEDA fairly recent example of insufficient access control was an unprotected function to receive flash loans by a trading bot, which went by the name 0xbad, as the address started with that sequence. 
It racked up over a million dollars in profit until one day an attacker noticed any address could call the flash loan receive function, not just the flash loan provider. As is usually the case with trading bots, the smart contract code to execute the trades was not verified, but the attacker discovered the weakness anyway. More info in the wrecked news coverage. Improper input validation. If access control is about controlling who calls a function, input validation is about controlling what they call the contract with. This usually comes down to forgetting to put the proper require statements in place. Here is a rudimentary example. The contract above does check that you aren't withdrawing more than you have in your account, but it doesn't stop you from withdrawing from an arbitrary account. Real life example. SushiSwap SushiSwap experienced a hack of this type due to one of the parameters of an external function not being sanitized. What is the difference between improper access control and improper INPUTVALIDATION? Improper access control means MSG. Sender does not have adequate restrictions. Improper input validation means the arguments to the function are not sufficiently sanitized. There is also an inverse to this anti-pattern, placing too much restriction on a function call. Excessive function restriction. Excessive validation probably means funds won't get stolen, but it could mean funds get locked into the contract. Having too many safeguards in place is not a good thing either. Real life example. AKUTARS NFT One of the most high-profile incidents was the Akutars NFT which ended up with $34 million worth of ETH stuck inside the smart contract and an withdrawable. The contract had a well-intentioned mechanism to prevent the owner of the contract from withdrawing until all refunds from paying above the Dutch auction price had been given. But due to a bug documented in the Twitter thread linked below, the owner was unable to withdraw the funds. Getting the balance right sushi swap gave too much power to untrusted users, and the Akutars NFT gave too little power to the admin. When designing smart contracts, a subjective judgment about how much liberty each class of users must be made and this decision cannot be left to automated testing and tooling. There are significant trade-offs with decentralization, security, and UX that must be considered. For the smart contract programmer, explicitly writing out what users should and should not be able to do with certain functions is an important part of the development process. We will revisit the topic of overpowered admins later. Security often boils down to managing the way money exits the CONTRACTAs stated in the introduction, There are four primary ways smart contracts get hacked money stolen. Money frozen. Insufficient rewards. Excessive rewards. Money. Here means anything of value, such as tokens, not just cryptocurrency. When coding or auditing a smart contract, the developer must be conscientious of the intended ways value is to flow in and out of the contract. The issues listed above are the primary ways smart contracts get hacked, but there are a lot of other root causes that can cascade into major issues, which are documented below. Double voting or MSG. Sender spoofing. Using vanilla ERC20 tokens or NFTs as tickets to weigh vote is unsafe because attackers can vote with one address, transfer the tokens to another address, and vote again from that address. Here is a minimal example. To prevent this attack, ERC20 snapshot or ERC20 votes should be used. By snapshotting a point of time in the past, the current token balances cannot be manipulated to gain illicit voting power. Flash loan governance attacks. However, using an ERC20 token with a snapshot or vote capability doesn't fully solve the problem if someone can take a flash loan to temporarily increase their balance, then take a snapshot of their balance in the same transaction. If that snapshot is used for voting, they will have an unreasonably large amount of votes at their disposal. A flash loan lends a large amount of Ether or token to an address, but reverts if the money is not repaid in the same transaction. 
an attacker can use a flashloan to suddenly gain a lot of votes to swing proposals in their favor and or do something malicious. Flashloan price attacks. This is arguably the most common, or at least most high-profile, attack on DeFi, accounting for hundreds of millions of dollars lost. Here is a list of high-profile ones. The price of an asset on the blockchain is often calculated as the current exchange rate between assets. For example, if a contract is currently trading 1 USDC for 100k9 coin, then you could say k9 coin has a price of 0.01 USDC. However, prices generally move in response to buying and selling pressure, and flash loans can create massive buying and selling pressure. When querying another smart contract about the price of an asset, the developer needs to be very careful because they are assuming the smart contract they are calling is immune to flash loan manipulation. Bypassing the contract check. You can check if an address is a smart contract by looking at its bytecode size. Externally owned accounts, regular wallets, don't have any bytecode. Here are a few ways of doing it however. This has a few limitations if a contract makes an external call from a constructor, then its apparent bytecode size will be zero because the smart contract deployment code hasn't returned the runtime code yet. The space might be empty now, but an attacker might know they can deploy a smart contract there in the future using Create2. In general checking if an address is a contract is usually, but not always, an anti-pattern. Multi-signature wallets are smart contracts themselves, and doing anything that might break multi-signature wallets breaks composability. The exception to this is checking if the target is a smart contract before calling a transfer hook. More on this later. TX. Origin. There is rarely a good reason to use TX. Origin. If TX. Origin is used to identify the sender, then a man-in-the-middle attack is possible. If the user is Trikodinto calling a malicious smart contract, then the smart contract can use all the authority TX. Origin has to wreak havoc. Consider this following exercise in the comments above the code. This does not mean you are safe calling arbitrary smart contracts. But there is a layer of safety built into most protocols that will be bypassed if TX. Origin is used for authentication. Sometimes, you might see code that looks like this. When a smart contract calls another smart contract, MSG. Sender will be the smart contract in TX. Origin will be the user's wallet, thus giving a reliable indication that the incoming call is from a smart contract. This is true even if the call happens from the constructor. Most of the time, this design pattern not a good idea. Multi-signature wallets and wallets from EIP-4337 won't be able to interact with a function that has this code. This pattern can commonly be seen in NFT mints, where it's reasonable to expect most users are using a traditional wallet. But as account abstraction becomes more popular, this pattern will hinder more than it helps. Gas griefing or denial of service. A griefing attack means the hacker is trying to cause grief for other people, even if they don't gain economically from doing so. A smart contract can maliciously use up all the gas forwarded to it by going into an infinite loop. Consider the following example. If another contract distributes Ether to a list of addresses such as follows, then the function will revert when it sends Ether to Mal. The call in the code above forwards 63 64ths of the gas available, so there likely won't be enough gas to complete the operation with only 1 64th of the gas left. A smart contract can return a large memory array that consumes a lot of gas. Consider the following example memory arrays use up quadratic amount of gas after 724 bytes, so a carefully chosen return data size can grief the caller. Even if the variable result is not used, it is still copied to memory. If you want to restrict the return size to a certain amount, you can use assembly deleting arrays that others can add to is also in denial of service vector although erasing storage is a gas efficient operation, 
it still has a net cost. If an array becomes too long, it becomes impossible to delete. Here is a minimal example ERC-777, ERC-721, and ERC-1155 can also be griefing vectors if a smart contract transfers tokens that have transfer hooks, an attacker can set up a contract that does not accept the token, it either does not have a non-receive function or programs the function to revert. This will make the token intransferable and cause the entire transaction to revert. Before using safe transfer or transfer, consider the possibility that the receiver might force the transaction to revert. Insecure randomness. It is currently not possible to generate randomness securely with a single transaction on the blockchain. Blockchains need to be fully deterministic, otherwise distributed nodes would not be able to reach a consensus about the state. Because they are fully deterministic, any random number can be predicted. The following dice rolling function can be exploited. It doesn't matter how you generate randomness because an attacker can replicate it exactly. Throwing in more sources of entropy, such as the MSG, sender, timestamp, etc. won't have any effect because the smart contract can measure it too. Using the Chainlink randomness oracle wrong. Chainlink is a popular solution to get secure random numbers. It does it in two steps. First, the smart contract sends a randomness request to the oracle, then some blocks later, the oracle responds with a random number. Since an attacker can't predict the future, they can't predict the random number. Unless the smart contract uses the oracle wrong, the smart contract requesting randomness must not do anything until the random number is returned. Otherwise, an attacker can monitor the mempool for the oracle returning the randomness and front run the oracle, knowing what the random number will be. Dot. The randomness oracles themselves might try to manipulate your application. They cannot pick random numbers without consensus from other nodes, but they can withhold and reorder random numbers if your application requests several at the same time. Finality is not instant on Ethereum or most other EVM chains. Just because some block is the most recent one, it doesn't mean it won't necessarily stay that way. This is called a chain reorg. In fact, the chain can alter more than just the final block. This is called the reorg depth. Etherscan reports reorgs for various chains, for example Ethereum reorgs and Polygon reorgs. Reorgs can be as deep as 30 or more blocks on Polygon, so waiting fewer blocks can make the application vulnerable. This may change when the ZKEVM becomes the standard consensus on Polygon, because the finality will match Ethereum's but this is a future prediction, not a fact about the present. Getting stale data from a price oracle. There is no SLA, service level agreement, for Chainlink to keep its price oracles up to date within a certain time frame. When the chain is severely congested, such as when the Yuga Labs other side mint overwheel mid Ethereum toth point of no transactions going through, the price updates might be delayed. A smart contract that uses a price oracle must explicitly check the data as not stale, i.e., has been updated recently within some threshold. Otherwise, IT cannot make a reliable decision with respect to prices. There is an added complication that if the price doesn't change past a deviation threshold, the oracle might not update the price to save gas, so this could affect what time threshold is considered stale. It is important to understand the SLA of an oracle a smart contract relies on. Relying on only one oracle. No matter how secure an oracle seems, an attack may be discovered in the future. The only defense against this is to use multiple independent oracles. Oracles in general are hard to get right. The blockchain can be quite secure, but putting data onto the chain in the first place necessitates some kind of off-chain operation which foregoes all the security guarantees blockchains provides. Even if oracles remain honest, their source of data can be manipulated. For example, 
An oracle can reliably report prices from a centralized exchange, but those can be manipulated with large buy and sell orders. Similarly, oracles that depend on sensor data or some Web2 API are subject to traditional hacking vectors. A good smart contract architecture avoids the use of oracles altogether where possible. Mixed accounting. Consider the following contract. The contract above does not have a receive or fallback function, so directly transferring Ether to it will revert. However, a contract can forcefully send Ether to it with self-destruct. In that case, my balance introspect will be greater than my balance variable. Ether accounting method is fine, but if you use both, then the contract may have inconsistent behavior. The same applies for ERC-20 tokens. Again, we cannot assume that my balance introspect and my balance variable will always return the same value. It is possible to directly transfer ERC-20 tokens to mixed accounting ERC-20, bypassing the deposit function and not updating the my token balance variable. When checking the balances with introspection, strict using equality checks should be avoided as the balance can be changed by an outsider at will. Treating cryptographic proofs like passwords. This isn't a quirk of solidity, more of a common misunderstanding among developers about how to use cryptography to give addresses special privileges. The following code is insecure. This code is insecure for three reasons. 1. Anyone who knows the addresses that are selected for the airdrop can recreate the Merkle tree and create a valid proof. 2. The leaf isn't hashed. An attacker can submit a leaf that equals the Merkle root and bypass the require statement. 3. Even if the above two issues are fixed, once someone submits a valid proof, they can be front-run. Cryptographic proofs, Merkle trees, signatures, etc., need to be tied Tomsk. Sender, which an attacker cannot manipulate without acquiring the private key. Solidity does not upcast to the final UINT size. Although product is a UINT256 variable, the multiplication result cannot be larger than 255 or the code will revert. This issue can be mitigated by individually UP casting each variable. A situation like this can occur if multiplying integers packed in a struct. You should be mindful of this when multiplying small values that were packed in a struct solidity downcasting does not revert on overflow. Solidity does not check if it is safe to cast an integer to a smaller one. Unless some business logic ensures that the downcasting is safe, a library like SafeCast should be used. Writes to storage pointers don't save new data. Dot. The code looks like it copies the data in my array. 1. To my array. 0. But it doesn't. If you comment out the final line in the function, the compiler will say the function should be turned to a view function. The write to foo doesn't write to the underlying storage. So don't write to storage pointers. Deleting structs that contain dynamic data types does not delete the dynamic data. If a mapping, or dynamic array, is inside a struct, and the struct is deleted, the mapping or array will not be deleted. With the exception of deleting an array, the delete keyword can only delete one storage slot. If the storage slot contains references to other storage slots, those won't be deleted. Now let's do the following transaction sequence 1. Add to foo, 1. 2. Get from foo, 1. Return 6. 3. Delete foo, 1. 4. Get from foo, 1. Still returns 6. Remember, maps are never empty in solidity. So if someone accesses an item which has been deleted, the transaction will not revert but instead return the zero value for that data type. ERC20 token issues. If you only deal with trusted ERC20 tokens, most of these issues do not apply. However, when interacting with an arbitrary or partially untrusted ERC20 token, here are some things to watch out for. ERC20. 
fee on transfer when dealing with untrusted tokens, you shouldn't assume that your balance necessarily increases by the amount. It is possible for an ERC-20 token to implement its transfer function as follows. This token applies a 1% tax to every transaction. So if a smart contract interacts with the token as follows, we will either get unexpected reverts or stolen money. ERC-20. Rebasing tokens. The rebasing token was popularized by Olympus DAO's SOM token and Ampleforthsample token. CoinGecko maintains a list of rebasing ERC-20 tokens. When a token rebases, the total supply changes and everyone's balance increases or decreases depending on the rebase direction. The following code is likely to break when dealing with a rebasing token. The solution of many contracts is to simply disallow rebasing tokens. However, one could modify the code above to check balance OF, address, this, before transferring the account balance to the sender. Then it would still work even if balance changes. ERC-20. ERC-777 in ERC-20-CLOTHINGERC-20, if implemented according to the standard, ERC-20 tokens do not have transfer hooks, and thus transfer and transfer from do not have a re-entrancy issue. There are meaningful advantages to tokens with transfer hooks, which is why all NFT standards implement them, and why ERC-777 was finalized. However, it's caused enough confusion that OpenZeppelin deprecated the ERC-777 library. If you want your protocol to be compatible with tokens that behave like ERC-20 tokens but have transfer hooks, then it's a simple matter of treating the functions transfer and transfer from like they will issue a function call to the receiver. This ERC-777 re-entrancy happened to Uniswap, OpenZeppelin documented the exploit here if you are curious. ERC-20. Not all ERC-20 tokens return true. The ERC-20 specification dictates that an ERC-20 token must return true when a transfer succeeds. Because most ERC-20 implementations cannot fail unless the allowance is insufficient or the amount transferred is too much, most devs have become accustomed to ignoring the return value of ERC-20 tokens and assuming a failed transfer will revert. Frankly, this is not consequential if you are only working with a trusted ERC-20 token you know the behavior of. But when dealing with arbitrary ERC-20 tokens, this variance in behavior must be accounted for. There is an implicit expectation in many contracts that failed transfers should always revert, not return false because most ERC-20 tokens don't have a mechanism to return false, so this has lead to a lot of confusion. Further complicating this matter is that some ERC-20 tokens don't follow the protocol of returning true, notably Tether. Some tokens revert on a failure to transfer, which will cause the revert to bubble up to the collar. Thus, some libraries wrap ERC-20 token transfer calls to intercept the revert and return a boolean instead. Here are some implementations OpenZeppelin Safe Transfer Solady Safe Transfer. Considerably more gas efficient. ERC-20. Address poisoning. This is not a smart contract vulnerability, but we mention it here for completeness. Transferring zero ERC-20 tokens is permitted by the specification. This can lead to confusion for front-end applications and possible trick users about who they recently sent tokens to. MetaMask has more on that in this thread. HTTPS colon slash slash Twitter. Com. MetaMask support. Status. 1 quintillion 613 quadrillion 255 trillion 316 billion 870 million 729,728. Embeddable equals true ERC20. Just flat out rugged. In Web3 parlance, rugged means having the rug pulled out from under you. There's nothing stopping someone from adding a function to an ERC-20 token TH that lets them create, transfer, and burn tokens at will, or self-destructing or upgrading. 
so fundamentally, there is a limit to how untrusted an ERC-20 token can be. Logic bugs in lending protocols. When considering how lending and borrowing-based DeFi protocols can break, it's helpful to think about bugs propagate at the software level and affect the business logic level. There are a lot of steps to forming and closing a bond contract. Here are some attack vectors to consider. Ways lenders lose out bugs that enable the principal due to reduce, possible to zero, without making any payments. Dot. The buyer's collateral cannot be liquidated when the loan is not paid back or the collateral drops below the threshold. Dot. If the protocol has a mechanism for transferring debt ownership, this could be a vector for stealing bonds from lenders. Dot. The due date of the loan principal or payments is improperly moved to a later date. Dot. Ways borrowers lose out a bug where paying back the principal does not lead to principal reduction. Dot. A bug or griefing attack prevents the user from making payment. Dot. The principal or interest rate is illegitimately increased. Dot. Oracle manipulation leads to devaluing the collateral. Dot. The due date of the loan principal or payments is improperly moved to an earlier date. Dot. If collateral is drained from the protocol, then both the lender and borrower lose out, since the borrower has no incentive to pay back the loan, and the borrower loses the principal. As can be seen above, there are a lot more levels to a DeFi protocol getting hacked than a bunch of money being drained from the protocol, the kind of events that usually make the news. This is one area where CTF, capture the flag, security exercises can be misleading. Although protocol funds getting stolen is the most catastrophic outcome, it is by no means the only one to defend against. N unchecked return values. There are two ways to call an external smart contract. One, calling the function with an interface definition. Two, using the call method. This is illustrated below in contract B. Set xv2 can silently fail if underscore x is less than 10. When a function is called via the call method, the callee can revert, but the parent will not revert. The value of success must be checked and the code behavior must branch accordingly. Private variables. Private variables are still visible on the blockchain, so sensitive information should never be stored there. If they weren't accessible, how would the validators be able to process transactions that depend on their values? Private variables cannot be read from an outside Solidity contract, but they can be read off-chain using an Ethereum client. To read a variable, you need to know its storage slot. In the following example, the storage slot of my private var is zero. Here is the JavaScript code to read the private variable of the deployed smart contract insecure delegate call. Delegate call should never be used with untrusted contracts as it hands over all control to the delegate callee. In this example, the untrusted contract steals all the ether in the contract. Upgrade bugs related to proxies. We can't do justice to this topic in a single section. Most upgrade bugs can be generally avoided by using the hardhat plugin from OpenZeppelin and reading about what issues it protects against. HTTPS colon slash slash docs. Open Zeppelin. Com. Upgrades plugins. 1. X. As a quick summary, here are issues related to smart contract upgrades. Self-destruct and delegate calls should not be used inside implementation contracts. Care must be taken that storage variables never overwrite each other during upgrades. Calling external libraries should be avoided in implementation contracts because it isn't possible to predict how they will affect storage access. Deployer must never neglect to call the initialization function. Not including a gap variable in base contracts to prevent storage collision when new variables are added to the base contract, this is handled by the hardhat plugin automatically. The values in immutable variables are not preserved between upgrades. Doing anything in the constructor is highly discouraged because future upgrades would have to carry out identical constructor logic to maintain compatibility. 
overpowered admins. Just because a contract has an owner or an admin, it doesn't mean that their power needs to be unlimited. Consider an NFT. It's reasonably for only the owner to withdraw the earnings from the NFT sale, but being able to pause the contract, block transfers, could wreak havoc if the owner's private keys get compromised. Generally, administrator privileges should be as minimal as possible to minimize unnecessary risk. Speaking of contract ownership, use Ownable two-step instead of Ownable. This is technically not a vulnerability, but Open Zeppelin Ownable can lead to loss of contract ownership if ownership is transferred to a non-existent address. Ownable two-step requires the receiver to confirm ownership. This ensures against accidentally sending ownership to a mistyped address. Rounding errors. Solidity does not have floats, so rounding errors are inevitable. The designer must be conscious of whether the right thing to do is to round up or to round down, and in whose favor the rounding should be. Division should always be performed last. The following code incorrectly converts between stablecoins that have a different number of decimals. The following exchange mechanism allows a user to take a small amount of USDC, which is 6 decimals, for free when exchanging for DAI, which has 18 decimals. The variable die to take will round down to zero, taking nothing from the user in exchange for a non-zero USDCA amount. Frontrunning. Frontrunning in the context of Ethereum, and similar chains, means observing a pending transaction and executing another transaction before it by paying a higher gas price. That is, the attacker has run in front of the transaction. If the transaction is a profitable trade, then it makes sense to copy the transaction exactly except pay a higher gas price. This phenomenon is sometimes referred to as MEV, which means minor extractable value, but sometimes maximal extractable value in other contexts. Block producers have unlimited power to order transactions and insert their own, and historically, block producers were miners before Ethereum went to proof of stake, hence the name. Frontrunning. Unprotected withdrawal withdrawing Ether from a smart contract can be considered a profitable trade. You execute a zero-cost transaction, aside from the gas, and end up with more cryptocurrency than you started with. If you deploy this contract and try to withdraw, a frontrunner bot will notice your call to unsafe withdraw in the mempool and copy it to get the Ether first. Frontrunning. ERC-4626 inflation attack, a combination of frontrunning A-N-D-R-O-U-N-D-I-N-G errors we've written in depth about the ERC-4626 inflation attack in our ERC-4626 tutorial. But the gist of it is that an ERC-4626 contract distributes share tokens based on the percentage of assets that a trader contributes. Roughly, it works as follows. Of course, nobody will contribute assets and get no shares back, but they can't predict that will happen if someone confrontrons the trade to get the shares. For example, they contribute 200 assets when the pool has 20, they expect to get 100 shares. But if someone frontruns the transaction to deposit 200 assets, then the formula will be 200-220, which rounds down to zero, causing the victim to lose assets and get zero shares back. Frontrunning. ERC-20 approval it's best to illustrate this with a real example rather than describe it in the abstract, one. Suppose Alice approves Eve for 100 tokens. Eve is always the evil person, not Bob, so we will keep convention. Dot. Two. Alice changes her mind and sends a transaction to change Eve's approval to 50. Three. Before the transaction to change the approval to 50 is included in the block, it sits in the mempool where Eve can see it. Dot. 4. Eve sends a transaction to claim her 100 tokens to front run the approval for 50. 5. The approval for 50 goes through. 6. Eve collects the 50 tokens. Dot. Now Eve has 150 tokens instead of 150. 
The solution to this is to set the approval to zero before increasing or decreasing it when dealing with untrusted approvals. Frontrunning. Sandwich attacks the price of an asset moves in response to buying and selling pressure. If a large order is sitting in the mempool, traders have an incentive to copy the order but with a higher gas price. That way, they percase the asset, let the large order move the price up, then they sell right away. The sell order is sometimes called backrunning. The sell order can be done with by placing a sell order with a lower gas price so that the sequence looks like this one. Front run buy. 2. Large buy. 3. Sell. The primary defense against this attack is to provide a slippage parameter. If front run buy itself pushes the price up past a certain threshold, the large buy order will revert making the front runner fail on the trade. It's called a sandwich because the large buy is S and which by the front run buy and the back run sell. This attack also works with large sell orders, just in the opposite direction. Learn more about frontrunning frontrunning is a massive topic. Flashbots has researched the topic extensive LEN published several tools and research articles to help minimize its negative externalities. Whether frontrunning can be designed away with proper blockchain architecture is a subject for debate which has not been conclusively settled. The following two articles are enduring classics on the subject. Ethereum is a dark forest escaping the dark forest signature related. Digital signatures have two uses in the context of smart contracts, enabling addresses to authorize some transaction on the blockchain without making an actual transaction, proving to a smart contract that the sender has some authority to do something, according to a predefined address. Here is an example of using digital signatures safely to give a user the privilege to mint an NFT. A classic example is the approve functionality in ERC-20. To approve an address to withdraw a certain amount of tokens from our account, we have to make an actual Ethereum transaction, which costs gas. It's sometimes more efficient to pass a digital signature to the recipient off-chain. Then the recipient supplies the signature to the smart contract to prove they were authorized to conduct the transaction. ERC-20 permit enables approvals with a digital signature. The function IS described as follows rather than sending an actual approved transaction, the owner can sign the approval for the spender along with a deadline. The approved spender can the end call the permit function with the provided parameters. Anatomy of a signature you'll see the variables V, R, and S frequently. They are represented in solidity with the data types UINT8, bytes 32, and bytes 32 respectively. Sometimes, signatures are represented as a 65-byte array which is all of these values concatenated together as ABI. Encode packed, R, S, V, the other two essential components of a signature are the message hash, 32 bytes, and the signing address. The sequence looks like this one. A private key, priv key, is used to generate a public address, eth address. 2. A smart contract stores eth address in advance. 3. An off-chain user hashes a message and signs the hash. This produces the pair msg hash in the signature, r, s, v. 4. The smart contract receives a message, hashes it to produce msg hash, then combines it with, r, s, v, to see what address comes out. 5. If the address matches eth address, the signature is valid, under certain assumptions which we will see soon. Smart contracts use the precompiled contract ecrecover in step 4 to do what we called the combination and get the address back. There are a lot of steps in this process where things can go sideways. Signatures. ECRECOVER returns address, 0, and doesn't revert when the address ISIN valid. This can lead to a vulnerability if an uninitialized variable is compared to the output of ecrecover. This code is vulnerable signature replay. The signature replay happens when a contract doesn't track if a signature has been used previously. 
In the following code, we fix the previous issue, but ID still not secure. People can claim the airdrop as many times as they want. We could add the following lines alas, the code is still not secure. Signature malleability given a valid signature, an attacker can do some quick arithmetic to derive a different one. The attacker can then replay this modified signature. But first, let's provide some code that demonstrates we can start with a valid signature, modify it, and show the new signature still passes. As such, our running example is still vulnerable. Once someone presents a valid signature, its mirror image signature can be produced and bypass the used signature check. Secure signatures You're probably wanting some secure signature code at this point, right? Where for you to our tutorial on creating signatures in Solidity and testing them in Foundry. But here is the checklist. Use OpenZeppelin's library to prevent malleability attacks and recover to zero issues. Don't use signatures as a password. The messages needs to contain information that attackers cannot easily reuse, e.g. msg. Sender. Hash what you are signing on chain. Use a nonce to prevent replay attacks. Better yet, follow EIP 712 so that USESE can see what they are signing and you can prevent signatures from being reused between contracts and different chains. Dot. Signatures can be forged or crafted without proper SA fegards. The attack above can be generalized further if hashing is not done on chain. In the examples above, the hashing was done in the smart contract, so the above examples are not vulnerable to the following exploit. Let's look at the code for recovering signatures the user supplies both the hash and the signatures. If the attacker has already seen a valid signature from the signer, they can simply reuse the hash and signature of another message. This is why it is very important to hash the message in the smart contract, not if chain. To see this exploit in action, see the CTF we posted on Twitter. Original challenge. Part 1. HTTPS colon slash slash Twitter. Com. Rare skills underscore IO. Status. 1 quintillion 650 quadrillion 869 trillion 999 billion 266 million 37,760. Part 2. HTTPS colon slash slash Twitter. Com. Rare skills underscore IO. Status. 16508976715431977001 SOLUTIONS HTTPS colon slash slash Twitter com rare skills underscore IO status 1 quintillion 651 quadrillion 527 trillion 648 billion 676 million 573,185 HTTPS colon slash slash Twitter com Rare skills underscore IO, status, 16512248174655406111 SIGNATURES as identifier signatures should not be used to identify users. Because of malleability, they cannot be assumed to be unique. MSG. Sender has much stronger uniqueness guarantees. Some Solidity compiler versions have bugs. See a security exercise we hosted on Twitter here. When auditing a code base, check the Solidity version against the release announcements on the Solidity page to see if a bug might be present. Assuming smart contracts are immutable. Smart contracts can be upgraded with the proxy pattern, or more rarely, the metamorphic pattern. Smart contracts should not rely on the functionality of an arbitrary smart contract to remain unchanged. Transfer and send can break with multi-signature wallets. The Solidity functions transfer and send should not be used. They intentionally limit the amount of gas forwarded with the transaction to 2300, which will cause most operations to run out of gas. The commonly used Gnosis Safe multi-signature wallet supports forwarding the call to another address in the fallback function. 
If someone uses transfer or send to send Ether to the multisig wallet, the fallback function could run out of gas and the transfer would fail. A screenshot of the Gnosis safe fallback function is provided below. The reader can clearly see there is more than enough operations to use up the 2300 gas. If you need to interact with a contract that uses transfer and send, see our article on Ethereum access list transactions that allows you to reduce the gas cost of storage and contract access operations. Is arithmetic overflow still relevant? Solidity 0.8.0 has built-in overflow and underflow protection. So unless an unchecked block is present, our low-level code in YUL is used, there is no danger of overflow. As such, safe math libraries should not be used as they waste gas on the extra checks. What about block? Timestamp? Some literature documents that block. Timestamp is a vulnerability vector because miners can manipulate it. This usually applies to using timestamps as a source of randomness, which should not be done anyway as documented earlier. Post-merge Ethereum updates the timestamp in exactly 12-second, or multiples of 12-second, intervals. However, measuring time in second-level granularity is a non-t-pattern. On the scale of one minute, there is considerable opportunity for error if a validator misses their block slot and a 24-second gap in block production happens. Corner cases, edge cases, and off by one errors. Corner cases cannot be easily defined, but once you have seen enough of them, you start to develop an intuition for them. A corner case can be something like someone trying to claim a reward, but having nothing staked. This is valid, we should just give them zero reward. Similarly, we generally want to divide up rewards evenly, but what if there is only one recipient, and technically no division should happen? Corner case. Example 1 This example was taken from Akshay Srivastiv's Twitter thread and modified. Consider the case where someone can conduct a privileged action if a set of privileged addresses provide a signature for it. If any of the signatures are not valid, or the signatures don't match to a valid address, the revert will happen. But what if the array is empty? In that case, it will jump all the way down to do the action without the need for any signatures. Off by one. Example two Although the code above doesn't show all the function implementations, even if functions behave as their names describe, there is still a bug. Can you spot it? Here is a picture to give you some space to not see the answer before you scroll down. The remove from array and send rewards function are in the wrong order. If there is only one user in the stakers array, there will be a divide by zero error, and THE user won't be able to withdraw their NFT. Furthermore, the rewards are probably not divided the way the author intends. If there were original four stakers, and one person withdraws, he will get a third of the rewards since the array length is three at the time of withdrawal. Corner case example three. Compound finance reward miscalculation lets use a real example that by some estimates caused over $100 million of damage. Don't worry if you don't fully understand the compound protocol, we will only focus on the relevant parts. Also, the compound protocol is one of the most important and consequential protocols in the history of DeFi. We teach it in our DeFi bootcamp, so if this is your first impression of the protocol, don't be misguided. Anyway, the point of compound is to reward users for lending their idle cryptocurrency to other traders who might have a use for it. The lenders are repaid both in interest and in comp tokens. The borrowers could claim a comp token reward to but we won't focus on that right now. The compound controller is a proxy contract that delegates calls to implementations that can be set by the compound governance. At Governance Proposal 62 on September 30, 2021, the implementation contract was it to an implementation contract that had the vulnerability. The same day I went live, it was observed on Twitter that some transactions were claiming comp rewards despite staking zero tokens. The vulnerable function distribute supplier comp, 
Here is the original code. The bug, ironically, is in the TODO comment. Don't distribute supplier comp if user is not in the supplier market. But there is no check in the code for that. As long as the user holds staking token in their wallet, C token, C token. Balance OF, supplier, winking face. Then proposal 64 fixed the bug on October 9, 2021. Although this could be argued to be an input validation bug, the users didn't submit anything malicious. If someone tries to claim a reward for not staking anything, the correct computation should be zero. Arguably, it's more of a business logic or corner case error. Real world hacks. Defy hacks that happen in the real world oftentimes don't fall into the nice categories above. PAIRITY Wallet Freeze, November 2017. The parody wallet was not intended to be used directly. It was a reference implementation that smart contract clones would point to. To implementation allowed for the clones to self-destruct if desired, but this required all the wallet owners to sign off on it. The wallet owners are declared some literature describes this as an unprotected self-destruct, i.e. an access control failure, but this isn't quite accurate. The problem was that the init wallet function was not called on the implementation contract and that allowed someone to call the init wallet function themselves and make themselves the owner. That gave them the authority to call the kill function. The root cause was that the implementation was not initialized. Therefore, the bug was introduced not due to faulty solidity code, but due to a faulty deployment process. Badger DAO hack, December 2021, no solidity code was exploited in this hack. Instead, the attackers obtained the Cloudflare API key and injected a script into the website frontend that altered user transactions to direct withdrawals to the attacker address. Read more in this article. Attack vectors for wallets. Private keys with insufficient randomness. The motivation for discovering addresses with a lot of leading zeros is thathy or more gas efficient to use. An Ethereum transaction is charged 4 gas for a zero byte in the transaction data and 16 gas for a non-zero byte. As such, Wintermute was hacked because it used the profanity address, write-up. Here is one inch's write-up of how the profanity address generator was compromised. The Trust Wallet had a similar vulnerability documented in this article https colon slash slash blog ledger com funds of every wallet created with the trust wallet browser extension could have been stolen note that this does not apply to smart contracts with leading zeros discovered by changing the salt in create 2 as smart contracts do not have private keys reused nonces or insufficiently random nonces the r and s point on the elliptic curve signature is generated as follows g r s h and n are all publicly known if k becomes public, then private key is the only unknown variable and can be solved for. Because of this wallets need to generate k perfectly randomly and never reuse it. If the randomness isn't perfectly random, then k can be inferred. Insecure randomness generation in the Java library left a lot of Android Bitcoin wallets vulnerable in 2013. Bitcoin uses the same signature algorithm as Ethereum. HTTPS colon slash slash ars technica com information technology 2013-08 all android created bitcoin wallets vulnerable to theft most vulnerabilities are application specific training yourself to quickly recognize the anti-patterns in this list will make you a more effective smart contract programmer but most smart contract bugs of consequence are due to a mismatch between the intended business logic and what the code actually does other areas where bugs can occur bad tokenomic incentives off by one errors typographical errors Admins are users getting their private keys stolen. Many vulnerabilities could have been caught with unit tests. Smart contract unit testing is arguably the most basic safeguards for smart contract. 
but a shocking number of smart contracts either lack them or have insufficient test coverage. But unit tests tend only to test the happy path, expected, designed behavior, of contracts. To test the surprising cases, additional test methodologies must be applied. Before a smart contract is sent for audit, the following should be done first. Static analysis with tools such as Slither to ensure basic mistakes were not missed. 100% line and branch coverage through unit testing. Mutation testing to ensure the unit tests have robust assert statements. Fuzz testing, especially for arithmetic. Invariant testing for stateful properties. Formal verification where appropriate. For those unfamiliar with some of the methodologies here, Patrick Collins of Cypheron Audits has a humorous introduction to stateful and stateless fuzzing in his video. HTTPS colon slash slash www. YouTube. Com. Watch. V equals YC Tolak and Embeddable equals true tools to accomplish these tasks are rapidly becoming more widespread and easier to use. More resources. Some authors have compiled a list of previous DeFi hacks in these repos. HTTPS colon slash slash GitHub. Com. Coinspect. Learn EVM attacks. HTTPS colon slash slash GitHub. Com. Sunweb 3 Sec. Defy Hack Labs. HTTPS colon slash slash rect. News. Securum has been widely used to study and practice security, but keep in mind the repo hasn't been substantially updated for two years. HTTPS colon slash slash github. Com. X676F64. Securum mind underscore map. You can practice exploiting Solidity vulnerabilities with our Solidity Riddles repository. HTTPS colon slash slash github. Com. Rare skills, solidity riddles. Damn vulnerable defy is a classic war game every developer should practice HTTPS colon slash slash damn invulnerable defy. XYZ. Capture the ether and ethernaut are classics, but keep in mind some of the problems are unrealistically easy or teach outdated solidity concepts HTTPS colon slash slash capture ether. Com. HTTPS colon slash slash ethernaut. Open Zeppelin. Com. Some reputable crowdsourced security firms have a useful list of past audits to study. HTTPS colon slash slash code for Rena. Com. HTTPS colon slash slash www. Sherlock. XYZ. Becoming a smart contract auditor. If you aren't fluent in Solidity, then there is no way you'll be able to audit Ethereum smart contracts. There is no industry-recognized certification for becoming a smart contract auditor. Anyone can create a website and social media profiles claiming to be a Solidity auditor and start selling services, and many have done so. Therefore, use caution and get referrals before hiring one. To become a smart contract auditor, you need to be substantially better than the average Solidity developer at spotting bugs. As such, the roadmap to becoming an auditor is nothing more than months and months of relentless and deliberate practice until you are better smart contract bug catcher than most. If you lack the determination to outperform your peers at identifying vulnerabilities, it's unlikely you'll spot the critical issues before the highly trained and motivated criminals do. Cold truth about your chances of success of becoming a smart contract security auditor Smart contract auditing recently has been perceived as a desirable field to work in due to the perception that it is lucrative. Indeed, some bug bounty payout shave exceeded $1 million, but this is the exceedingly rare exception, not the norm. Code 4 Rena has a public leaderboard of payouts from competitors in their audit contests, which gives us some data about success rates. There are 1171 names on the board, yet only 29 competitors have over $100,000 in lifetime earnings, too. 4%. Only 57 have over $50,000 in lifetime earnings, 4. 9%. 
only 170 have over $10,000 in lifetime earnings, 14.5%. Also consider this, when OpenZeppelin opened up an application for a security research fellowship, not a job, a pre-job screening and training, they received over 300 applications only to select fewer than 10 candidates, of which even fewer would get a full-time job. That's a lower admission rate than Harvard. Smart contract auditing is a competitive zero-sum game. There are only so many projects to audit, only so much budget for security, and only so many bugs to find. If you begin studying security now, there are dozens of highly motivated individuals and teams with a massive head start on you. Most projects are willing to pay a premium for an auditor with a reputation rather than an untested new auditor. In this article, we've listed at least 20 different categories of vulnerabilities. If you spent one week mastering each one, which is somewhat optimistic, you're only just starting to understand what is common knowledge to experienced auditors. We haven't covered gas optimization or tokenomics in this article, both of which are important topics for an auditor to understand. Do the math and you'll see this not a short journey. That said, the community is generally friendly and helpful to newcomers and tips and tricks abound. But for those reading this article in hopes of making a carer out of smart contract security, it is important to clearly understand that the odds of obtaining a lucrative career are not in your favor. Success is not the default outcome. It can be done of course, and quite a few people have gone from knowing na solidity to having a lucrative career in auditing. It's arguably easier to get a job as a smart contract auditor in a two-year time span than it is to get admitted into law school and pass the bar exam. It certainly has more upside compared to a lot of other career choices. But it will nevertheless require Herculean perseverance on your part to master the mountain of rapidly evolving knowledge ahead of you and hone your intuition for spotting bugs. This is not to say that learning smart contract security is not a worthwhile pursuit. It absolutely is. But if you are approaching the field with dollar signs in your eyes, keep your expectations in check. Conclusion. It is important to be aware of the known anti-patterns. However, most real-world bugs are application-specific. Identifying either category of vulnerabilities requires continual and deliberate practice. Learn smart contract security and many more Ethereum development topics with our industry-leading Solidity training. The lead image for this article was generated by Hackernoon's AI image generator via the prompt, a robot protecting a computer. Thank you for listening to this Hackernoon story, read by Artificial Intelligence. Visit hackernoon.com to read, write, learn and publish.